to Musonomics. I'm Larry Miller from the Music Business Program at NYU Steinhardt. On this super concise but topical episode, Spotify's not suing songwriters, right? It is launching war on songwriters, and it's unfortunate because I think that the rates ordered by the court are still lower than what probably a Spotify should be paying to songwriters for the value they provide to their business. We'll speak with David Israelite, CEO of the National Music Publishers Association, on the last-minute appeal of a new rate structure already litigated in federal court over the way streaming services pay for the songs they play. Spotify, Amazon, Google, and Pandora just filed an 11th-hour appeal in D.C. Circuit Court. But first... Spotify recently ran an ad campaign to shine a light on songwriters who often go unheralded and unrecognized, especially on the streaming services. Then, just a couple of weeks ago, Spotify was about to launch in India. On the eve of that launch, there was a nasty dust-up between Spotify and Warner Music Group's publishing company, Warner Chapel. Warner filed an injunction to keep Spotify from launching with Warner's songs, and Spotify accused Warner of abusive behavior. Warner called Spotify's behavior appalling and said, we're shocked that they would exploit the valuable rights of songwriters without a license. So not a good look, especially for Spotify. Then last week, Spotify, Amazon, Google, and Pandora appealed the rate determination of the United States Copyright Royalty Board, which set the mechanical streaming rates for how digital music services will pay songwriters and publishers for the music they play for the five-year period beginning last year. The case was heard between March and June 2017, and full disclosure, I filed an expert witness report on behalf of songwriters and publishers in that case, which was decided in January 2018. The CRB decision amounted to a 44% rate increase for songwriters to be phased in over several years. It was the biggest win for songwriters and publishers in the history of the CRB, and the second biggest rate increase for writers and publishers in over a century. And so, David Israelite, why was the rate increase so important? Well, thank you for that, and thanks for the great history, and, and also thank you for weighing in at the trial on behalf of songwriters. This was a very important decision for songwriters. Unfortunately, unlike record labels and artists who get to negotiate their rates with Spotify, songwriters and publishers don't get to do that. They're governed by what's known as a compulsory license under the law. They have been since 1909 when Congress thought that publishers had a monopoly on player piano roles. And if you can believe it, that's led to a situation today where every five years, Three judges, known as the Copyright Royalty Board, or CRB, hold a trial, and they decide how much companies like Spotify must pay songwriters. And those rates have been undervalued for a long time. And in this trial, we put on a case that attempted to show how much the songs were worth to a service like Spotify. And the court decided to give songwriters really only their second meaningful rate increase in 110 years. And they raised their rate on the top line by a little more than 44%. And so even though we think that still isn't an accurate description of the value of songs to Spotify, we think it's worth even more. It was a meaningful increase and one that the songwriting community celebrated and very much was looking forward to in terms of improving the relationships between digital music companies that use their music 
and the songwriting community that has felt for a long time that they've been undervalued. And so we were quite optimistic about that decision. And it's a very strange situation, but it was over a year later and more than a year into the five-year term when the parties had to decide whether to appeal that decision. So why did the companies wait until now to file an appeal? Well, to be fair to them, there was a 30-day window in which under the law, the parties have an opportunity to appeal. That window was delayed somewhat by the government shutdown. It should have happened a little earlier. But Spotify waited until the very last day and until the end of that day to file that appeal, which is why it's just happening now. So what is the basis for Spotify's and the other companies' complaint? I mean, what's the argument for their finding fault with the CRB's decision now? Well, at this point, they just had to file a notice that they're going to appeal. They haven't had to file a brief that lays out their arguments. In the propaganda blog that they put out, they attempted to divert attention by suggesting that they were appealing because of concern about how bundles are treated. A bundle is when Spotify's product is married with a non-music product. For example, if you buy an Amazon Prime subscription and you get Amazon Music, or just recently um, you can combine Hulu with Spotify in one bundle. But it also is crystal clear they're also appealing the rate increase. And they make that clear in their propaganda blog, even though they don't say it. And for anyone that doubts that's what they're going to do when they're required to file a brief, um, give me a ring and we'll, we'll place a wager on that. <laughs> um, I expect that Spotify is going to fight several things about the opinion, including, most importantly to songwriters, that 44% rate increase. During the trial, I remember that irrespective of what Spotify is claiming now as the basis for their appeal, that they argued for a lower rate than was the case before the CRB. Is that your recollection as well? Oh, it's, it's crystal clear. In fact, one of the things that was most offensive about their propaganda blog is they suggested that they support paying songwriters more, just not as much more and in the manner that the CRB ordered. That's a lie. In the CRB trial, they got to put on any case they wanted about what they think they should pay songwriters. And not only did they not propose any increase from the old rate, they proposed cuts from the old rate. So not only are they appealing the CRB's decision to increase rates now, they fought in court not even to continue the old rate structure, but to cut it, which is why it's so disingenuous, so insincere to now use language like they support paying songwriters more. It would be as if your boss came to you and said, I think you should make a higher salary, but by the way, I'm cutting what it is now. Spotify, Google, Pandora, and Apple were all part of the CRB procedure, but Apple was not among the companies that filed for an appeal last week. Why not? Apple made clear that they were not going to appeal this decision because they were comfortable with the rate increases ordered by the court. Apple has always been a better partner to songwriters than Spotify, and it was demonstrated in this decision in particular. And it's also worth noting that while it's true that four parties did appeal, Spotify, Amazon, Pandora, and Google, we also have a pretty clear understanding that the appeal was driven by just two companies, Spotify and Amazon. The other two companies, Google and Pandora, which have much smaller 
interactive streaming services, we believe only filed an appeal because they felt they had to protect their rights once other parties decided to appeal. Hmm. So it's true that there are four parties appealing, but I think you'll see most of the attention on Spotify and Amazon because we believe they're the ones that really were driving the decision to have an appeal. Just a few months ago, when the Music Modernization Act was passed, many industry participants and observers viewed that the compromises that led to the act represented kind of a new, optimistic, collaborative era for the music services, the publishers, labels, writers, producers, and performers. How does the CRB appeal affect that mood? You're exactly right, and that was my hope as well. I was one of the primary architects of that legislation, and I was very hopeful that it would lead to more cooperation and a better relationship in other areas as well. What's clear now is that that was a brief moment in time where our interests aligned. We worked together so that we each could get something out of that piece of legislation. And now it looks more like a very brief ceasefire in a long war. It has not changed the dynamic. In fact, I would suggest the dynamic between songwriters and Spotify is maybe now worse than ever. Um, In addition to fighting over this CRB appeal, They're attacking songwriters right now in Congress, asking for new legislation that would impact their performance right. They're attacking songwriters at the Justice Department over the ASCAP and BMI consent decrees. And so, unfortunately, it doesn't look like the Music Modernization Act is going to provide any additional benefit to the relationship other than what we got out of the legislation itself, which was significant, but... Spotify did that in their own self-interest because they got something out of it, too. And so um, I'm disappointed, but it's just the reality of where we are. David, you've said elsewhere that by filing this appeal that Spotify and the other companies are declaring war on songwriters. Is that the case? I think it is. And less important what I think, it's more important what songwriters think. And I've heard from so many songwriters about this that feel like they're being attacked. You know, we spent almost two years in this process of having to go through a rate trial. NMPA spent tens of millions of dollars. All the parties had dozens of lawyers in court, thousands and thousands of pages of evidence, dozens of expert witnesses. And at the end of the two-year process, the three judges who under the law are tasked with coming up with a fair rate came up with this rate. And for the parties to now try to appeal it and suggest that they want to overturn it feels like a direct attack. It is launching war on songwriters. And it's unfortunate because I think that the rates ordered by the court are still lower than what probably a Spotify should be paying to songwriters for the value they provide to their business. Wow. So what happens next? Well, I think several things happen. First of all, there'll be a legal process. NMPA will defend that decision with all of our resources necessary. It will take a long time. It could potentially take a few years. We'll spend another few million dollars that could be better invested in other places to defend that decision. And ultimately, we'll get a decision by the D.C. Circuit Court, and I'm confident that we'll win. But beyond the legal process, I think there's going to be a continuing friction between the digital companies that are appealing and the songwriting community, and that will likely bleed into so many other areas. Um, We need each other. The services need songwriters to have their businesses, and songwriters rely on these services because of the new music economy and how they make a living. And so 
we have to coexist, but the tension between those two communities now, I think, is going to be immense. And I think it will impact the relationship in all kinds of ways that will be not helpful, unfortunately. And you mentioned earlier the public relations campaign that Spotify had launched about secret geniuses. I think it's fair to say that every penny that was spent on that type of public relations campaign has been wasted now because the songwriting community sees through being used in that way and actions speak louder than words. We'll have to leave it there. David Israelite, thank you for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. Just when we thought the relationship had improved between music creators and digital music services, the barometric pressure between Spotify in particular and songwriters and music publishers is rising. It'll be up to the D.C. Circuit Court to decide, and although this was already litigated in federal court, the appeal could take several years. Streaming is over 75% of the revenue in the recorded music business, but unfortunately now for songwriters and music publishers, there is far less certainty over how and how much they'll be paid. We'll be watching. The Musonomics Podcast is produced by Musonomics, LLC, strategy consulting and analytics for and about the music industry. I produced this episode with editorial assistance from Laurie Jacobson and Danya Kamayana. Our technical producer is Merritt Jacob. If you like what you heard on this episode of Musonomics, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It only takes a minute, and it's so important in helping new listeners find our podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Musonomics. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can find our contact information on Musonomics.com. From the Music Business Program at NYU Steinhardt, I'm Larry Miller. Thanks for listening.